Hi, Gwen. <laughs> Hi, Chris. How are you Chris doing, Gwen? Light. You all right? <laughs> I'm hanging in there, man. How are you doing, Chris Light? <laughs> Not too bad, thank you, Gwen Frey. So, uh, as someone who's never worked with anyone in terms of... Uh, like, I've worked with teams on projects, but I've never actually worked as part of an ongoing team. And I've certainly never led a team or anything like that. Like, how do you even <laughs> begin to delegate what you're doing? Because it's like, a lot of me, like, I feel a lot of the stuff I do, it's like, okay, well, if I had someone doing one part of my job and someone doing another part of my job, then what am I doing? If you see what I oh mean. Oh my god. You're, like, hitting on the, this is the thing I've been asking um, other developers. Well, I should be asking other developers. You've uh, hit on my pain point right now. Which <laughs> oh, really? Is- yeah, like growing. Oh God! All right, so this is known. One of the hardest things to do once you start to grow is dele- delegate. Yeah, like you reach a certain point where you have too much work to do. I'm working on two games, right? Uh, and I drop down to half time at work with the understanding that I've now got a budget that I use to contract out um, animation. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing the rigging and I'm implementing things in game and I'm doing key poses and key animations. But I'm supposed to start. Uh, contracting out a lot of the other the the you know the tweens for different animations or some of the um, easier to contract out animations yeah. some of the things that are that aren't that are more bespoke that aren't part of the gameplay kind of thing um, and I should do this and I it's like surprisingly painful and difficult and I can't figure to give up the work um, because there's so many reasons first off it's in order to take a task and give it to somebody else you have to kind of already have figured out how to do that task so that you can describe it and then you have to describe it and doing that is i swear to god almost as much work as just doing the thing yourself (laughs) right going for the entire thing in a way that makes sense yeah like for me to articulate to somebody else what i want done and then send it and prep them and and manage them doing the thing Mm. i swear to god takes almost as much time as me just fucking doing it yeah and i know maybe that's and you have to deal with that at first because if you don't start eventually that won't be true but you gotta get over that hump and i can't rip the band-aid off and get over that hump like that's something i'm dealing with right now and it's something we're gonna need to get better at because we're we're growing and this goes into a whole how your company culture changes as your studio grows. This is something I've been talking with a couple devs about. Like, um, the We Happy Few team exploded, or uh, the the team down at Tripwire, they added a second studio. Just how do you manage your culture when your studio goes from being pretty small to bigger to bigger to bigger? And how do you, how do you keep a through line? How do you keep everybody kind of... See, managing a culture sounds like you want to have... That, that sounds weird and draconian, but what I mean yeah, is like... Yeah, I'm, I'm like, what do you mean by managing your culture? As in what, what everyone's like? Like, how, are you thinking no. of... How, what, how do you mean? So this is difficult, because there's different... You want a diversity of opinions and thought on your team. You also want to... The, there's one thing that everybody will agree with. You don't want a negative person on your team. You don't want somebody who who is literally draining. I've been a part of that. I've, mm. I've seen this. Like, a person or people on your team who are so negative or who just bring down 
everyone else make it a chore to come into work. You work at least 40 hours a week. You spend more time at work than anywhere else. Mm. You see your coworkers more than you see your significant other. Like this is reality, right? Yeah. It can't be it can't be a shit place to go to. And if you've got like a real people who are down on the project, not in a way that's constructive because everybody gets down on a project from time to time, but people who are just permanently do not believe in a project or do not believe in the studio, once you get into that that place, removing those people is always somehow extremely difficult and they'll it'll it's poison it Mm. poisons the project Mm. so you have to be very careful about that but you also have to be careful when you're growing a studio like i said you want to this you're here all the time you want to like the people you're hanging out with right yeah you want to enjoy their company you want them to be um not necessarily people like you in fact i i usually enjoy the people the company of people who aren't like me mm. but who have different thoughts and opinions and I, I like debate and i like talking things through right um but you yeah i guess it just comes down to i personally cannot handle too much negativity at once right yeah i like passion i like it when people get mad about shit i like it when people uh have opinions but when it's just this is crap everything is crap the sky is falling all the time. It's just yeah. like, nah, man. Nah. So, like, you in term, how do you even fucking, like, because of a job interview, how do you realistically, especially if, because you're coming from a position now where you've got a company of people that already knew each other, so it's like, cool. Yeah. But now you're going to, now if you widen the net, you're like, do you widen the net to people you already know, or do you look for people that fucking amazing at doing that job but you don't know them so how are you gonna figure out if they're any good man you just hit the nail on the head there i know a, a friend of mine um out at working at magic circle uh mm. he founded magic circle and he's basically he mostly only hires people he knows and that's his strategy but he's obviously got a huge hiring problem now because he needs yeah. to grow and you can't know everybody <laughs> no you're gonna run out like <laughs> quite i would run out quite rapidly i'm like right i've hired gwen uh who else <laughs> like, <laughs> You hope that they know people, and then you can kind of spiderweb out. Yes, and yes. that's that's honestly the best way. If you hire people that know other people, and then you spiderweb out, that's I think that's really the winning strategy. But the um, but yeah, I mean, you get time moves on, people leave the industry or retire or whatever, mm. and uh, the list of people you know personally shrinks. And then if you can end up in a weird bubble where everyone you know is also just the people they know are the people you know. Yeah, and now you're now you're stuck in a bubble. And that's mm. difficult, right? Um, but yeah, mostly the most successful hiring, especially for a studio that's quite small, where a, if one person is poisoned, they could be like 10% of your studio. Yeah. If you've only got 10 people. And that's 10% poison. You can't have that percentage of poison. No. That's too much poison. It's too much poison. <laughs> yes. That will kill. It will. So, so you don't want that going on. Also, no. I imagine... If you're now if you're now hiring and you're like right we've got to keep the culture good you've got to define what that culture is and you've all got to agree like I imagine that might is that like an intangible like is that something you already know where you're like oh we all agree and we all know what the culture is no I don't you have to know, define man. that because That's you difficult. think you'd have to right does it yeah and like where does it come from does it come from the top why is it everyone at double fine is fucking hilarious mm. like why is that do they try for that? Is it because, like, 
because Tim is funny, he attracts other people who are kind of funny in a in a way. Why is it? Because yeah, like, do you do want see... to work there? Because that's what you perceive the place to be. Therefore, maybe it attracts that sort of person. Maybe, or you you inevitably end up. How do we put this? So the people you hang out with, you end up kind of being similar to them in some ways. Like you pick up each other's traits, right? Yeah. Especially when you spend as much time around your coworkers as we do. Yes. So, I, I mean, it makes sense that uh, if you get people who are kind of similar, like-minded, and they spend a lot of time together, they kind of congeal on a personality, maybe? Mm. That sounds weird draconian too, though, in a fucked up way. I don't know. No, because there's... <laughs> you definitely see it. Like, there's the studios with a very bro culture. You've seen those. You see studios that are hilarious. You see uh, a kind of... Studios do kind of fall into, like, a cult of personality a lot mm. of the time. I guess you'd have to, right? Like, because you... Like you say, if you... But then, like you said, defining what that is must be super important. Because can, like... Like, if you're just one person and you're hiring more people, it's like, if it was me, and I'm like, okay, well, I want more people to work with, it's like, what? what is the culture? Me? Like, <laughs> like you must oh, be yeah. me. You must be like me, and and, and the, now I must define what I am. Like, it's like, Jesus. Dude, when you're small, it matters so much more. When mm. you're bigger, like, if you pull in somebody who's unique or, di- like, say Double Fine hires Eeyore, uh, the, the character Eeyore from Winnie the, the Pooh. The character Eeyore. Yeah, okay. The sad, the sad donkey. I was like, is there uh, a developer called Eeyore? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the character from Winnie the, the character Pooh. from Winnie the Pooh. Yes. If if Eeyore gets hired in Double Fine, Double Fine's big enough where it's just like, haha, that's Eeyore. He's weird, <laughs> and that's <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. Um, but if you just especially... got Eeyore and it's a team of like three of you, you'd be like, fuck, come on, Eeyore. <laughs> Cheer up, mate. I bought you another tail. What do you want? (laughs) Exactly. It's harder when you're smaller. With what you're doing, are you even worrying about culture at this point? Because I guess you're hiring freelancers, so I guess that isn't so much of an issue. That's true. So far, we've at the Molasses Flood, we're only using contracting, and we'll probably Mm. only have contracting for a while. Um especially on the art side because this this just goes into how you build your art team i feel it doesn't make sense to staff up a lot of artists and then just end up this is one of those things where it's really nice to have specialists like you want to have an effects artist Mm. and an at this point in the project an animator at this point in the project and having if you can leverage contracting you can get the best in the field at effects and then the best in the field at animation and you just need enough people internally to make sure that you're your art style congeals and is consistent yeah and i think that's like a winning strategy and that allows you to using contracting you can utilize some of the best talent in the industry while also not having to hire people and then lay them off yeah well that's the thing you if you're going to hire someone ideally you want them to have something to do five days a week like and if you're not going to like if you have a like like a month you're like well now i have nothing your options at that point are to hire a generalist or contract out to specialists and 3d and 3d art has become complicated enough that contracting out to specialists seems to be the right way to go in my Mm. opinion um and i do this is definitely a thing how do you keep a company culture for a distributed team that's a question i don't know because i don't work on a distributed team and it's something i've always wondered like how does uh I mean, the Campo Santo guys just got bought by Valve, but before 
they were a distributed team, they would always have their big thing was always on cameras, um, hanging out together whenever they're working if they can. Mm. Um, you mean like remote kind them. of teams, like people yeah. working in different countries and whatnot? Exactly. Mm. It's difficult to have a company culture if you very much if you do so. Something like that you can. I and mean. I've had it's experience possible to have that. a company that doesn't have culture too. By the way, we should have touched on that. That's totally a thing. Zero That's culture, m- no no culture <laughs> company. Not everybody lives entirely for their job. True. That's just uh, you know that I that's the side of gate development I've usually been in, and maybe it's better if there's less of that. <laughs> so maybe maybe not fine. i don't know it depends like that is a difficult question to have is it well yeah because like it depends on what the job is i mean i guess ideally you would love it and i guess if you're doing game development it is because you love game development well there's quite niche a huge conversation in our imagine you don't right fall now. into it right <laughs> like, yeah you don't i tripped one day and accidentally became a game developer yeah like ah shit i was working in the shop and the next thing i know like <laughs> 10 years oh, later, man. I'm in charge of Bungie and I don't fucking care about any of this shit. <laughs> man, Bungie too. Wow. That was a good good trip. But the um Yeah. Crazy <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> There's a huge conversation in our industry about crunch all the time. Yeah. I like, noticed that popped it, up again recently. Yeah. I mean it's always popping up all mm. the time. And I think um uh and there's a reality of like who was it? Amy Hennig did a talk or had some controversial comments on how it's difficult to have a family and also be dedicated to your craft or art. I think she said mm. something along those lines. I probably butchered it, but I mean, there it's making games is hard. There's definitely overtime. And if you're going to do overtime, I'd rather do overtime as a game developer than be a cop. You know, like we're not the only industry that's overtime. I immediately defend crunch instinctively. And that's bad. Yeah, I don't, I think, crunch institutionalized crunch is obviously bad planning for crunch is obviously bad mm. um that just seems like poor planning like, yeah. <laughs> like you're like you shouldn't plan to have to work these like, long hours and you should plan better like there should be more days yeah and not every studio crunches and crunch doesn't crunch and having a studio culture do not necessarily go together that's the other thing i should bring up here i'm actually i'm ashamed that i even went down these lines uh crunch does not equal working very hard those are not the same thing mm. having a studio culture does not mean that you you are a studio that crunches necessarily yeah none of these things are related i i'm conflating these for no reason um so i don't know where to go from that statement but uh <laughs> no i was gonna say you just shut yourself down that was amazing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like well because i don't want to put the wrong ideas out there right yeah i get um, you but there i have mixed feelings about a lot of this stuff i have a mixed feeling about what some people consider crunch Mm. um i think it's there is such a thing as being passionate and wanting to work all night there's shades of gray and everything you get in that and you want to do it and you do it and i don't Mm. think it's not cool to shame people that do that either because i've been what was it i think when i was at i was at a toxic place there's been some toxic times right like i've been through Mm. some shit and i was at a toxic place one time where uh early in my career where I was, I wasn't even working that hard. I think I worked a nine-hour day for fuck's sake, and <laughs> that's pretty this, standard. Yeah, like like it was not. I worked nine hours and I didn't take a lunch. And the guy was like, the, "This senior developer comes up to me. He's like, oh, you know, if you finish up all that work, then they won't have any reason to keep you anymore.'" And then walked away. And I'm like, "Fuck you, guy." Yeah. God damn. 
but so and and i've seen a lot of that um mm. i will say just sidebar there's there's such a thing as work ethic like when you're at work you work and you don't um take two hour lunches and shit like that that is there's a certain work ethic and pride in work ethic that is way more common on the East Coast than the West Coast. Mm. The, West, the West Coast of America is like Portland. I don't know about Seattle, but like Portland, San Francisco tends to have a very like, oh, we go to lunch. Sometimes lunch takes three hours because we drink a lot at lunch. And then, <laughs> Jesus. you know, like, you know, I just didn't feel like working much today. And it's just like, what? I mean, I guess it Put depends. Put your butt in the chair, asshole. I'm waiting on your shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, they also got that nice weather over there. Like, you're dealing with some European shit. Like, it's like, yeah. fucking work until you die. Like, that's, you know, that's very much a <laughs> Irish-English kind of ethic you've got going on there. Like, that's true. Yeah. And it, so I've, I've got a lot of mixed feelings about a lot of this stuff, because I think some of that attitude does work some of the time for certain things and certain tasks. And this mm. goes back into what is your company culture? Yeah. Uh, do you have a company culture where... Um, like I've, one of the people developers I respect most, Damian Isla, incredibly talented. Mm. Um, he worked at the molasses flood briefly. This was the lowest point in his career. Before that, he was, he was the, um, he was the programmer that invented behavior trees. He's a famous AI programmer. He was the AI programmer at Bungie on Halo. Um, incredible dude. That's a big deal. Very regimented. That was some, that was some like, uh. Like, that I knew about that when these Halo games were coming out. Like, I was aware of how fucking smart this AI shit was that they were doing. Yes. Like, this is this is a, f- a very brilliant, famous programmer. Mm. Very talented. Um, extraordinarily regimented. Came in uh, rain or shine, worked exactly eight hours, took about the same amount of time for lunch each day. Mm. Uh, went home to his kids. Like, structured his life around this. And then he said, if there was something he was really passionate about, he had a like one to three hour window after the kids went to sleep. And maybe some of this is necessity because he's also a family man. Yeah. But he he was very structured in how he used his time and he got a shit ton done. Um, maybe because when he was working, he was working and when he wasn't working, he wasn't working. And that was how he, he does things. And yeah. I'll, um, I mean, I've I used to be more like that these days especially i work from home a lot mm. and i've kind of like i've reached a point where i'm always working but yeah. always working at like meh, maybe i'll check twitter yeah uh, it's a different speed yeah so like we're both getting there it's just he's getting there um he's driving or he's not driving whereas i'm like ah, kind of driving but you know checking my phone at the same time <laughs> yeah Maybe that analogy isn't good because it makes it sound real bad what i'm doing right now it does now, but, make you know, it sound like you're gonna kill people but like it's <laughs> I'm looking and at that's... the phone while I'm driving. It's all good. <laughs> like, oh, please don't, Gwen. <laughs> oh God! But like that's that rules I know what you in the studio. That rules in the studio culture too, though, right? Like everybody's got to mm. be on board with. Okay, we all take two-hour l- lunches and we drink over lunch, and that's what we do at this studio. Or well, yeah, um, at least accepting and tolerant of that if you're going to do that. Or that's, yeah, if that's the thing, then it's fine. But there definitely is, like, I think, again, I can identify with that work ethic of the East Coast, because, again, being from England, we are very much in ground to be like, you work. So, like, I am aware of that feeling of, like, well, shit, we're being paid, so (laughs) we should probably do some work. Yeah, I mean, there's, um, and it's not just, 
I don't want to say because there's different ways to work, right? Hmm. There's there was an incredible GDC talk. I should look it up. I'm sorry, I forgot the name of it, but um, about the most productive way to work, where um, basically a famous writer works exactly four hours, and then no matter what, takes a break, even mm. if he's really passionate, takes a break. Whereas I would say that's the worst thing for me to do. Like if mm. I'm in a if I've managed to fall into that place where I'm actually in a where things are just happening and getting done, or I'm really excited about what I'm doing, I just need to ride that wave. Yeah. Um, because there's no guarantee that that wave is going to happen again. And if inspiration hits, then I just want to get it on paper so that I can get enough of the thoughts and the ideas fleshed out so that I can come back later and finish it. Because if I don't, it's gone. It's gone forever, right? Mm. At least that's the way I feel when I work about a lot of just about everything I do, whether I'm writing a tool, animating, whatever it is I'm doing. If I've got an idea, I just need to at least sketch it out or at least get it to a point where I've proven it out immediately. Otherwise, that idea is gone. Yeah. You enforce a break excited. and you're like, no. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, it's just gone. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I always felt like that so for certain things, especially. It, it, different things work at different times. And I don't know if it's times in your life or the kinds of work you're doing or what, but there's different modes you kind of enter when you're when you're working. Mm. I think defining culture, it sounds like it's got to be kind of broad and also evolving i guess based on who's there yeah i think this a lot of this goes into um so some of the stuff we touched on here today of like you want to work with people that you like working with because you're around them a lot Mm. and you generally um in order to avoid toxic personalities you tend to hire people you already know this is that stuff that um is like you see a lot of What's the right word? I've, I'm not really good at the words. Uh, well, I don't know what you're trying to explain, so... Uh, the thing on <clears throat> Twitter that's big right now, uh, of inclusivity, of making sure you have a diversity of opinions and such. Uh-huh. The reason why it's difficult for a lot of studios to do that, especially small studios and indie studios, is because you know the people that have already been in the industry, um, and when you're small, you need to hire people you know, and the people that have already been in the industry are mostly white dudes... So what you end up with is when you're starting out a lot of white dudes. And I don't think people realize how difficult it is to break out of that because you, the worst case scenario is that you bring in somebody that's toxic and it actually does ruin your company. And Mm -hmm. you do not understand how badly a bad agent can fuck up your company. And so I, I understand and I'm sensitive to like how difficult it is to break out of that system. And I don't really have a solution there. I'm just pointing out yet another problem. <laughs> yeah, another thing that you must overcome. Um, I believe yeah. in you, Gwen, though. I think you can do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of this stuff is high theory. It's not even stuff that we're... Like, we're not hiring yet at the Molasses Flood. That'll be coming online a bit later. Yeah, but, but it's, um, it's something that's going to happen, and it's something you're thinking about, and something you're going to have to figure out as you go forward. Oh, yeah. Like I said, my most difficult problem right now is just giving up... Um, not giving up the work it's oh the mind is funny and that okay so i've got i have i'm an animator i'm animating two characters Mm -hmm. i've i need to at least rig them and get them ready so that i can send them to an another animator to work with 
but the rig will never be good enough. I mean, it's good enough for me to work with, but that's just because I know it. So I've got to put that extra polish on it so that other people can understand it and mm-hmm. like use it because making tools for yourself you can kind of cut corners right <laughs> yeah so, you know it's just for you yeah it's like well i know yeah. how all this shit works it doesn't have to look nice i know that this is broken and i know how to work around it yeah and like, i know how to fix that <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly so that's not a big deal if the rig isn't perfect i'm like oh fuck i'm about to give this to a real animator again i better fix it <laughs> yeah. so so there's that so i've got to fix the rigs and then mm-hmm. i've got to um and then i've got to. i mean i need to sketch out the basic i need to uh, in order to have a character run through the world, I need them to. I need to know how how many frames this run animation is going to be, and I need to uh, know how that kind of. I need to know how the tree is going to blend, so I need to do the basic stubs well, of all I the mean, animation. You need before. to know how the tree is going to blend. We all. I mean. Oh, I'm so, well, okay. I'm sorry. So, like, I don't know what that even a, means, a run, other than a tree. Like. <laughs> a character. Okay, so there's a character moving through the world. The, yes. Um, at a certain speed i need to know what that speed is that they're moving through the world Mm -hmm. and i need to know roughly um when a character moves the world they're playing a clip that's like a run or a walk repeatedly right okay like a walk cycle kind of thing exactly i need to know how long that walk cycle is going to be if it's going to be 15 frames or if it's going to be 30 frames or if it's going to be 20 frames or 25 frames i need to know that for various reasons i need to um and that's going to determine this like Based on that, we'll know the stride length, for instance. So there's a lot of this kind of stuff I've got to figure out before I even outsource it. Okay, so you've you've got to do a lot of work that you might not necessarily have done immediately? Is that that the thing? Or at all, kind of. Or at all, like, you're like, I don't need to know that. Well, you kind of feel it out because you don't need it to, like, I can always change it later. You know, I can remap this later. Whereas if you you send something to an outsourcer, they do the animation, you get it back, you put it in the game. Like, so you've got to... It's just, it's a different experience and stuff. <laughs> and I know logically I need to get over this hump and do this. Like, I need to do this. This has to happen. Yeah, I know. Like, But I don't want to because it's so much more efficient to just work solo. But logically, like, I can't, looking at the number of hours and the amount of time that we're going to be in production and just, like, I have to outsource this, mm. even though it's inefficient and it's killing me. <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is my reality right now. Okay. Yeah. Like, this is. Uh, I mean, the brain is like, maybe you can find a way to make it. I know mathematically, it's like logically, you can't do all the work, but just do all the work anyway. Maybe just stop sleeping. And it's like, no, just. No, nah, it's not a good plan going for it. <laughs> uh, so but that's like, where I am. I know from my wife uh, is a uh, designer and concept artist and stuff. And I know she's done work before because she, she's freelance where it's been made doubly difficult by there not being like a style guide or any anything basically except the stuff that already exists. So like if she's working on a property, it's like, well, we've made all this stuff before, but this new thing we want you to make, can you just do that? And it's like, okay, well, what should this thing look like? And it's like, oh, well, I don't know. You figure it out. And then we go from there. Well, so and ha- what what I'm asking, I guess, is if you do all this work up front, have you now done that? And you're like, okay, now other people can just work off of this. Yes, that is okay. the goal. Right? Well, that's like that's that's the point. But I mean, the hard part, the draining part, is that stuff. Yeah. Figuring out the style <laughs> guide, right? And yeah. that that's actually like the reason why it's she she pointed out. She's like, this is a lot more work if I have to do this. Yes. 
Mm. That is a lot more work. And if you don't do that work, somebody internally has to do that work. And the whole point of contracting is your internal people are too busy, right? (laughs) So it sucks, but it's just like sometimes it's really tempting to go to contract and be like, here's a thing, you know, give me what you got. I'll work till you get something good. I'll know it when I see it. And it's like, oh. I guess the thing is with that, like just seeing that from the contractor side, you do know that it's like, like I know that it is maddening when it's like, you send a thing off and they're like, no, not quite that. Try try doing it again. You're like, well, you must know what you want. <laughs> just like, actually, if, I don't. If it isn't this, if, just tell me. <laughs> like, knowing what I want would be like half the work, <laughs> exactly. right? Like easily half the work would be knowing what I want. If uh, uh, you're asking me to do half the work right now. <laughs> no, and, and it's right. Because if you're going to, especially in the art, game mm-hmm. art, like if you want to have a cohesive vision, you got to do that half the work, right? I guess you'll, you'll get your... Sh- you're either feeling inefficient on one side of it or feeling inefficient on the other, right? Yes. Like, as if you this can just the... tell them what to do and it makes their life much easier. They're like, cool, here you go. Here it is. Done. Here's a couple of changes. Good to go. But, yeah, like, when so... they're doing that side, they're like, fuck, I could have done so many other jobs in this fucking time if you just told me what you wanted. Oh, man. And I mean, I've, I've been this person before. Like, yeah. I've sent things out to different outsourcers before. And going from having, like, three outsourcers to six eight outsourcers is really easy mm. but going to like your first one or two contractors handing off that like that initial handoff going from one person to two people is so inefficient it's like stabbing yourself it's <laughs> yeah like, oh god this is terrible mm. like and anything you give me is going to be not what i would have done <laughs> yeah or it'll be great that's the other thing it is fun when people surprise you oh and they just Every nail it then, like, like bam yeah, like if you can give somebody a style guide, you'll be like, all right, look, here's here's the creature, here's it moving around in the world, here's kind of how it is, here's a bunch of current emotes, make more emotes, surprise me, and then they do it in the right style. You're like, yeah, that fucking, that's amazing. I would never have come up with that. That's brilliant. That's the that dream. That feels really good when that happens. That's the people but you again, use again. <laughs> yeah, but again, you can't do that until you have a certain critical mass. Yeah. It's difficult, so, Gwen. It is difficult. Uh, it is difficult. Mm-hmm. It is fun. It's fun being this, like, oh, there's so much good shit going on right now. <laughs> and it's, you know, summer's finally here and the sun is shining. Not today, but soon. <laughs> it will. We're assured. It did yesterday. I saw the sun. It happened. Oh, shit. It's there. It's coming. We'll get there, Gwen. We'll get there. Uh, I think we've had a This is a good chat. Mm, I agree. I feel this is not. I should start charging you for this. I'd le- I feel I'm offering a good service. <laughs> yeah, it's letting me vent for an hour. Yeah, stuff. It's a lot yeah, of money. I'm you so- do that in an office, like they, even online, they still charge. You know, I'm doing. I'm. I'm missing a trick. I could be a game <laughs> dev, uh, <laughs> psychiatrist, or a I got, therapist. I got no money for you, man. <sighs> yeah, just sit and listen. Be like, mm-hmm. No, it is hard. Mm-hmm. No, I know be a game dev therapist we'll pay you in keys because we got nothing <laughs> game else game keys yeah i got nothing else maybe a free pass if i work on your booth <laughs> like, <laughs> that's sweet i think we call that free you can get a free pass but if you do work wait, yeah not. <sighs> so you can get into the convention for free but you gotta work for seven hours today <laughs> okay yeah, anyway gwen thank you for talking to me yes it's been great chatting uh this has been gwen frey and chris slight And you've been in the dialogue box.